Today we are talking to Anthony Delgato, the CTO of Founders, and we discuss learning to code as a result of entrepreneurial ambitions, how Founders grew from an accelerator to an online community with over 3,000 active companies, and how Anthony went above and beyond to provide hurricane relief to the people of Puerto Rico. All of this right here, right now on the Modern CTO Podcast. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. <laughs> so, so tell me more about yourself. Like, what was your ambition for starting the, the podcast? Like, so I could have some concepts. Yeah. So I was working with a uh, private capital company and I started seeing a bunch of companies come through and CTOs and, you know, small founder, co-founder relationships. So before that, I, I had done projects, but they would last six or nine months. So I had, you know, experience every year or two. And when you review them all the time, you just get insane amounts of experience and exposure and patterns start to show themselves. So I kept having these same conversations over and over and over. And then I decided I was like, I'll do a blog or I'll put them in a book or something. And then I did that, started sharing them with all my CTO friends. And we started having conversations around them that were super interesting around these topics of the book, right? And we re decided to record them and share them with each other. And then someone said, hey, dude, you got to do a podcast. I said, <laughs> all right. So I hired someone that knew how to do podcasts and we told everyone that had pre-registered for the book, which we had like several thousand people pre-registered for the book. We said, Hey, everyone, we're going to do this podcast and talk CTOs. And they're all like CTOs and lead developer types. Right. So instantly, boom, we were booked up three shows a day, like th four months out. It was crazy. Um, so then I lost my voice because you can't do three shows a day. <laughs> <laughs> and we backed it down to two and then we're slowly backing it down to one because now we have our world tour coming up. What? You guys are doing a CTO world tour? Oh, absolutely, Anthony. Wow. That it, sounds like fun. You, you, uh, you want to see the, you want to know the highlights? I want like the inside scoop. Yeah, totally. You're, you're like techie. You like tech stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're the CTO of founder. So, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of like, uh, that's like interview question number one, right? You like, uh, technology? You're like, no, robots suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what we're doing is like World Tour, 16 cities. It's called the Modern CTO Geek Night Out World Tour. And it's gonna, the show's going to open, right? And there's a drone show. Did you see the Olympics or uh, the Super Bowl where all the drones went crazy in the sky? No way. You, yeah. You guys are doing one of those? Oh, yeah. So that's just the opener, my friend. That's just the appetizer. Yeah. So we got the drone show. Now, the drones are, have the lights on them, right? And it's dark. So that, and we have a DJ. And there's lighting on the stage and everything, like a whole lighting effects kit and all this stuff and a giant media screen. And the DJ, the media screen and the drones are all going in sync to their little opener thing. And it's just this like, oh, it's like the opening event for the Olympics or whatever, but it's just for our live show, right? Wow. that's Oh, and you're going to live stream it? Oh, we're live streaming it to the entire world. All the computer science universities in the entire world, everyone's getting live streams. Yeah. What? Oh, that sounds so dope. Yeah. So then we have a what we call the mother drone, right? We have a mother drone that's going to be flying around and it's got a 4K camera on it and it's going to be taking shots to the media screen, right? So the producer is going to be showing the crowd and like the drone's going to be flying around, right? 
So, so that's just the beginning. Then we're going to have our, spe- so like the host, I'll come out. I'm the host, right? Come on. Hey, everyone. I tell them what to expect. The first thing we're going to have, right, is we're going to have this amazingly high profile guest, right? Now we have 16 different tour stops. So we're going to have different high profile guests at all the tours, right? At all the different stops. So I'm talking, we, we haven't signed the contract yet. Okay. But so we can't say the exact people yet. We're still getting it together. So we're getting one of those for each stop and we're going to do, I'm going to interview them. I'm going to modern CTO interview them, bring some value to people, right? The next part of it, Elon Musk style flamethrowers. Have you seen those? What? Yeah. So we're going to have an Elon Musk. We want to shoot it off inside, but if they don't, what we're going to do is we're going to fly the drone outside and we're going to select an audience member to get to go outside and actually fire off the flamethrower. Wow. That's we're gonna be broad- it's going to be broadcasting into the media screen. So that's like, it's insane. Then we're going to bring up local CTOs like that are from that community. So when we're in New York City, we're going to get some really cool, you know, Forbes 30 under 30 or some other, maybe like CTO of Slack. We're going to get some really notable CTOs that live in that community. And we're going to bring them on stage. And it's going to be me, that CTO, as well as our, whoever the special appearance is. And we're going to have a conversation. Then have you seen the Boston Dynamics robots? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Where they're running, the video goes viral. It's like this dog. You can't kick it over. You try to kick it over. It can open a door and crap. Have you seen all that? Yes. Okay. And then there's these other ones, like a bipod. It's like these two legs that can run, and it's this thing called Cassie. So yes, we're getting I, a, I've seen those. The, the, the ones that are in Black Mirror, right? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so we're going to get one of those to come on the stage, and then me, the CTO of the, the company locally, and then the special guest, we're going to have a conversation about that, and we're going to do like a live Q&A from the audience so they can ask any of us questions, and we're going to kind of hang out. That's like the show and tell part, right? And then in each city, right, because it, 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 it gets better. So in each city, the university that we're, we're going to hold them at the university. So whatever the big, large engineering university is, because they have the big auditoriums, right? So wherever we're at, before we go, we're going to announce a hardware hack and a software hack, okay? And the hardware hacking team and the software hacking teams, they're, they're going to kind of compete for each other. We're going to pick a winner at the event. And that winner of the hardware hack and that winner of the software hack, each of those teams, right? They're going to be teams two or three, probably two or three teams competing. And we're going to pick a winner. And each team is going to win 10 grand. What? Yeah. In each city? In each city. Yeah, we're giving away over a million dollars. You're giving away over a million dollars in hackathon style. 16 plans. city world tour, modern CTO world tour. What? Who's the sponsor of this? Uh, and the then- Right. And then I'll tell you in a second, but, and then the outro, okay. A drone show, high energy finale. It's going to be crazy, man. That it's, it's a 90 minute high energy, just the most, you're going to be sitting there and yeah, there will be drool. The jaw will be on the ground. Like it's going to be insane. Wow. Are you excited? You going to come? I'm super excited. Yeah, I'll be there. Oh yeah. Also, (laughs) it, it doesn't cost anything. What? Yeah, you you probably have yeah. some crazy sponsors. Yeah, we're putting out the bid right now. Microsoft, Amazon, IBM, all the big software companies, it's going out to bid right now. I love it. That sounds yep. so amazing. Yeah, so it's going to be like the modern CTO tour presented by IBM or presented by Intel. So whoever picks up the uh, the bid, whoever wins the bid, 
is going to be the one that's re- like, have you ever heard of anything like this before? No, I, I, I have not. The coolest thing that I've been to in tech is Twilio's signal conference that I go to every year, but it's mm-hmm. nothing like that. It's, it's a one city thing. This yeah. is. So this is the coolest thing that you have ever heard of in technology. Uh, yes, I, yeah. I, I can say that confidently. Dude, that's you want it. Where where city are you in? And and I'm a so I'm in New York. Uh, we're okay. in Newark, New Jersey, right outside of New York. Um, and I'm like a conference and hackathon junkie. So I've been to really. Yeah, yeah. I've I've been to quite a few hackathons. Uh, I won a couple, um, and conferences, and I I love that type of stuff. So will you help us with this? Absolutely, brother. Anything you guys need, you just let me know. So what's going on with Founders, man? How did that get started? So, yeah, so Founders. Founders, we are a social learning platform uh, for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Nice. Um, And what that means is we're kind of like a social network for entrepreneurs. So think of us like a mix between a LinkedIn and a Netflix for entrepreneurs. So we actually started out as a social impact accelerator. So we're headquartered here in the city of Newark, New Jersey. And Newark, New Jersey has traditionally been one of the roughest neighborhoods, not only in New Jersey, but in the whole country. Um, It had one of the highest uh, carjacking rates in in the 90s uh, and early 2000s, really high crime rates, really high poverty rates. And the founder of Founders started... uh, the company as a nonprofit initially. And we started out as a nonprofit. We ran like a very small incubator where we took people from the city who had ideas and we gave them small seed investments to see their ideas out to fruition. And they ran that program for uh, about a year. And that's when I came on board. And at the time, everything was all analog. And to join their accelerator program, it was like a WordPress website with a like contact form that you filled out and it went into somebody's personal Gmail box, like completely unorganized or anything. Um, And at the time they were receiving hundreds and thousands of applications from people all across the world. So they started out just trying to kind of help Newark and uh, create a tech ecosystem here in Newark. And it ended up blossoming into this whole movement and this whole community. And founders have moved here from all across the United States. So we have founders from Texas, from Utah, from uh, California, Florida, you name it, Ohio, who have picked up their bags and actually moved to Newark, New Jersey to start their companies. And a lot of them like live here full time now, which is kind of amazing. Um, so, yeah. So at the time, like I said, everything was all analog. Uh, I came in for their for their second cohort. Their first cohort had had just finished, and they were gearing up for their second cohort. Um, and they were looking for a CTO. And I was already working in the city of Newark. I was working for a digital agency called Websignia. Um, I was already in the ecosystem with all the kind of tech people here in Newark. And I met the some of the founders at a meet up after work and it was like an event that i wasn't even going to go to it was crazy it was like seven o'clock on like a weekday um i was kind of tired coming home from work uh, a buddy of mine was supposed to come with me and he actually bailed and you know it was a 50 50 shot that i even went and i was like you know what it's on my way home from work let me go check check these guys out so it was like a pitch competition where the graduates of their first cohort 
uh, were graduating. And some of the people from their first cohort didn't have any technical guidance at all. Um, so I kind of volunteered myself uh, to be like a technical mentor, started working with some of the people in their first cohort. Um, and then when it came time for the second cohort to uh, roll out, it kind of made sense that I come on board. What's your day-to-day like? Are you mentoring these founders? Um, yeah, so I, I kind of joke and I say that I'm the CTO for like 900 companies and not just one. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my life, man. I get it. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a, a lot of fun. Um, s- sometimes the first stages of a company are the funnest when a company's young and idealistic and, you know, shooting for the stars. Um, so... Yeah, so the company has evolved though. So when I came on board, uh, we ran like a twelve-week in-person accelerator where we worked with, uh, you know, five to ten companies, uh, one-on-one, and we did that for about a year after I came on board. Um, but then we realized that there was this huge potential for all of these people from all around the world that wanted to join founders and be a part of this community, um, but weren't necessarily going to be able to pick up and move to Newark, New Jersey. Um, so that's when we launched our online platform. So currently our online platform has about 300, I mean, 3,000 companies uh, in our network who are all members of this community where they uh, consume video content. They're able to connect with each other, DM each other, uh, similar to like a closed social network for entrepreneurs. And is it all technical or no? No, no. So that is definitely part of our DNA is just the entrepreneurial spirit. So, you know, some of our companies like uh, UE and um, and Ment uh, are tech, really super techie companies. So we have people who have apps in the app store and things of that nature. Um, but some of, honestly, some of my favorite companies that are part of Founders are completely non-technical like uh, Jiminy's. So Jiminy's is a protein cookie that is actually the protein comes from crickets and super like kind of traditional business where you're just selling these protein cookies. Um, But what does he need? He does need an online store and an e-commerce presence and a social media presence. So of course we help him with things of of that nature. Um, But yeah, we don't limit ourselves to just tech startups. It's really anyone with a dollar and a dream. Did Gary V invest in that one? Gary V invest? I'm, I'm not sure. It's, it's, Possible. He's been talking about sure. cricket protein a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, then we should we should definitely make sure that uh, those guys are connected if they're not already. Gary's actually um, we've done some video content with him, so he's actually on the platform. So if you log in, he's he's in there. So we should definitely connect those guys. Yeah, connect the cricket protein people. <laughs> <laughs> Their little association, right? Absolutely. So what what moves are you guys making at Founders? Like, where are you at in your growth of your company? What are you doing to expand what's like what's getting you pumped right now about your growth there definitely so our team is definitely growing our team is about hovering close to 25 people right now and that varies from uh sales and biz dev to marketing to uh video content to developers um we run in a scrum environment so we have a daily uh skype call via via google hangouts right and we go through like our three our three questions for the day, which is, uh, what did you work on yesterday? What are you working on today? And is there anything standing in your way? Um, we use uh, Trello for task management. Uh, we use GitHub. Um, our application is built on the Mern stack, so MongoDB, uh, Express, React, and Node. And 
currently we're in the in the process of really refactoring a lot of stuff for the new year. Um, we we built our MVP with kind of a different model in mind. Uh, when we launched it, we had the idea that it would be kind of like Founders TV, um, and there was like much more of an emphasis on consuming content that was entrepreneurial and inspirational, but not necessarily educational and designed in like the format of lesson plans and things of that nature. Um, so as you can imagine, uh, a platform like Netflix uh, operates a lot differently from uh, a backend perspective than a platform like maybe Udemy or something, right? Right. So originally our courses, they were called channels. So we had these channels and, and uh, to be to be honest with you, our, our backend schema still represents them as channels. Um, but now, you know, they're, they're represented from a marketing standpoint to the outside world as, as courses. And so now we need all these different uh, types of logic, like, you know, what order are these videos being consumed in, right? When, mm-hmm. when they were just series and they were just kind of random uh, videos that there wasn't a progressive order, those things didn't matter, right? So now we're trying to figure out like, okay, how do you un- unlock maybe a merit badge or how do you unlock uh, a certificate and things of that nature? Um we also recently added like social features. So being able to like direct message uh, another member, being able to connect with the member and, and have a news feed that's uh, curated and customized, right? Um, so these are all things that, again, when we when we first launched our MVP, we, we didn't have in mind. We launched it with the idea of it being kind of founders TV with these different channels that were... Um, kind of one directional um and and since then we've we've kind of evolved to these courses that are shot very intentionally and it might be five to six videos in a series that are designed to be watched sequential so do you track how your different content is consumed yeah absolutely i mean data is a huge part of our of our strategy um any interesting patterns that like really stood out to you you're like whoa that's crazy well yeah i mean a lot of uh, a lot of hypotheses that we that we thought uh, were proven wrong and vice versa, right? So there's certain content that we thought was going to be um, super popular and it wasn't, um, and vice versa. We we found people rewatching like video 23 out of a, a 40 part video series, right? And being able to you know notice those trends can now dictate what courses and what video content we produce in the future. So what questions are you getting the most often, like in your life from these, all these different, you know, several hundred startups? Like, what are they asking you the most? What do you get the most? Um, People really want to know, like, where to start and how to start. And there are so many founders out there that don't, that want to start technology companies, but don't necessarily know how to code yet. And... Myself, personally, that's how I learned how to code. Um, I I started coding about 10 years ago, and it was the result of entrepreneurial ambitions. Um, I had a company that I started that was kind of like a marketplace, similar to like eBay or Amazon. And I knew like just enough code to be dangerous, right? So I knew how Mm -hmm. to like set up MySQL and um, set up like an Apache server and install a few scripts and kind of get the thing going. Um, But then I... Obviously, I wanted to make customizations, and to to accomplish that, I was outsourcing stuff uh, to India, and it was very frustrating not being able to speak the same language, not being able to be on the same time zone as someone, and at the end of the day, 
I knew a little bit of code. So I actually started competing with the developers. So I would give them a feature and then I would try to code it myself. And if I could code it quicker than them, I would like cancel the request and give them a harder request. And I finally got to the point where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to code this stuff on my own. Um, so that's how I learned how to code. And today there's this whole VC, uh, you know, write me a million dollar check for an idea I scribbled on a napkin mentality. And a lot of it I think is, is misguided. I think a lot of people misunderstand the, the venture space. Um, yeah, sure. There are certain ideas that get funding, um, without having a prototype or an MVP or a business model. Um, but those are far and few in between. Um, most companies, accelerators, even incubators, um, they are not going to invest in a company unless they have an MVP or a prototype. And when you look at a, a team of founders and you don't have one founder who's technical, um, your operating costs go up significantly because now if one of your founders doesn't know how to code, you have to have someone on salary full time um, in order to deliver your product. So, and they're never as motivated as like you are. <laughs> oh yeah, of, of course not. They're not going to work those uh, 25 hour days like uh, a founder will. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm noticing though? Cause I fully agree with you. I watch Crunchbase all the time and my mind is like, how did that company get funded? Like, right. And so I started looking into them and kind of monitoring them week by week just to embed myself in the understanding. What I found is that a lot of these companies that don't make sense getting funded with, with nothing and just this idea are companies where they know somebody, mm -hmm. right? And it's like a friend with helping a friend or a favor exchange, or the investors are just completely not in the space and they have no idea. And that's like the only, that individual they gave money to is their only connection to tech, right? So it's never like a intelligent company, <laughs> like with a bunch of smart tech investors they are like, yeah, 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 let's give a bunch of money to that. And there's no idea. Everyone's looking for cash flow and solid technology. Absolutely. Yeah. A career angel investor is going to be looking for cash flow, revenue model. I mean, I go to a lot of these events in Manhattan and, you know, they'll rip your idea apart. <laughs> They're looking for a sustainable uh, business. And and like I said, the Cricket um, company is a great example. He he has a, a quite a few investors and it's easy to invest in him because he's a very clear business model as opposed to, uh, you know, a lot of these companies who kind of have an idea, but if there's not a business model in place, a, a career investor is not going to invest in something that doesn't have a, a business model. It's very clear to me. You take the Crickets. <laughs> and you put them in the cookie there, there you go yeah basically cricket cookies everyone's like dude i get it i get it yeah there's a price there's a revenue structure there's a, a cost per uh cookie sold yeah there is something to there is something to take from that though and it's simplicity works Right. Yes. Like if you, if, if someone comes to me and like, and we're going to make money this way and we're going to make money this way. And we're, I'm like, dude, no, the best is advertisement. When people say that, um, I, I used to run a six figure blog and do you know me? I, I made like barely over a hundred K. Right. Right. And do you know how many views I had to have? Like I had like millions and millions of views to basically pay my own salary and a few interns. Right. Yeah. Like it's crazy. But Anthony advertising Anth is expensive. Anthony, but if I, if I just, there's 300,000 of these people, and if I just get 2%, <laughs> <laughs> I 
it's, no, no, no. Hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> there's oh, there, there's three billion people in the world. We just need one percent penetration. All right, and we're good. And we're good. <laughs> you know, the cost. The world is so noisy. The hardest thing is to communicate, like at scale. It, there's everyone, every person who makes money is then spending a portion of that money to put noise into the world to get more money. So you're not just compete. Like people think, oh, I'm just competing against my. I'm competing against the other person who sells crickets, right? Their crickets are orange, right? No, it's like, dude, you're competing against every business on the planet food apple like you're everyone like everyone is fighting for that because one person can only pay attention to one thing at one time well think of the super bowl the super bowl is a great example of that uh, attention grab right it it doesn't matter um if the person's in your industry if they want to be on that super bowl spot they're competing for that price and it's driving that price up it's amazing how the super bowl stuff works like everyone sees it they're like oh cool and then that's just it (laughs) it's like like, what did budweiser do this year oh that's cool all right like i don't drink beer (laughs) i don't drink budweiser i'm into that like there's this root beer i don't drink much beer but there is this root beer beer that tastes like root beer it's pretty great have you had that before i've had the root beer that is beer yeah that's what i'm talking about that one yeah that that's really good yeah, there's this one. There's I tried like four or five of them, but there's this one where you can't taste the difference. It's like just it's like I think it's called like not your father's root beer or something. But yeah, I great. think that's the one I've had too. Yeah, dude, yeah. February sixth. I'm February fourth, man. No way, we're like cousins or brothers yeah, or something. We just had birthdays. Yeah, we're cousin brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who are those guys? They're the cricket protein cousin brothers. <laughs> the Aquarian crickets. Branded. Let's go trademark that real quick. So. <laughs> So, uh, admittedly, the reason that I keep talking about these cricket um, cookies is because for my birthday, I was with the founder of that company, and we actually went to Puerto Rico to do humanitarian work. So, we gave out over 200 cricket cookies and over 300 solar panel lights to the people of Puerto Rico. So, things that they need, right? Yeah, no, definitely. So, that island is really... um, is really still in some pretty rough times. Um, about 50% of the island still doesn't have power. So like the capital and the touristy areas and the cities have power, but out in the in the country and in the mountains, uh, these people have been without power for five or six months and they've kind of almost been forgotten about. Um, so- That's crazy. Yeah, no, it's, it's really crazy. So a couple of weeks ago, um, me and a couple of friends of mine, we took it upon ourselves to kind of plan a pilgrimage out there. So I was the first one to book my ticket. Um, I booked my ticket about a week before uh, February 1st. And then every day until my flight left, and even a few days after I was already in Puerto Rico, I convinced a new person to come with me. So we ended up going out there with maybe about 10 people and uh, different people, different companies, different types of entrepreneurs, all volunteering whatever their their skill set was, whether it just be um, you know monetary, you know uh, Jiminy's brought his cookies and he gave those out, um, and yeah, and we just went city to city, village to village, um, doing some humanitarian work, and it was it was really awesome, it was really humbling, and uh, it was a great experience. You're going to laugh at me. I just, after like the 10th time you said it, I just picked up on the cookies are Jiminy cookies. Yeah, like Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> like the cricket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh my god. I feel so silly. Like <laughs> that's hilarious, man. But you know what? If it was text in front of me though, I would have gotten it. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, we'll just pretend that. Jake, Jake will edit that. <laughs> oh, so so then you brought the would you just order a bunch of the you didn't order them like off Alibaba. Would you just go to the store or Amazon, the, the little solar lights? How'd you get those? So the solar lights were from a uh, another person that I know from Founders. His name is Hugo Sanchez, and he has a, a video conferencing app uh, called Modi, which does uh, video chat in real time. Uh, but unlike Skype and FaceTime, it lets you not only record the call, but charge for the call per minute. So it's great for like consultants, anyone that wants to bill for their time. Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of put your hourly rate in there and then you can be available to your clients. So you can tell your clients, Hey, here's my Modi, uh, account. Whenever you need advice, you can always FaceTime me, but it's going to be at our agreed upon hourly rate. Um, and it's super seamless. Yeah, no, it's a great app. It's, it's super seamless. It kind of feels like Snapchat. It's very fluid, uh, user interface. Um, so I attended his app release party, uh, in Brooklyn, it was it was an amazing event. DJ Enough spun. Uh, JW Cortez, who's uh, an investor in the app, uh, he was like the MC. He's a uh, he's an actor. He's on the uh, the Batman series Gotham. That's on Channel Eleven. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So it was it was a really great event. Awesome people, and that's where I met uh, David. And uh, David has a tourism company in the island of Puerto Rico. He's lived in Puerto Rico for the last eight years, and when the hurricane happened, his for-profit business turned into a nonprofit, and he started doing this humanitarian work. So I met him at this app release party. He had flew into New York just to attend it. And we get to talking and I'm like, yeah, we could, you know, we could teach the kids how to code and that, and, and that could help. And we could do solar panel lights and, and that could help. We're brainstorming all of these ideas. We had met in a diner in Manhattan uh, over a, it was probably the worst uh, tuna sandwich that I've ever had in my life, but I'm so happy that I had it. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so we're brainstorming all these ideas of how we can help the Island. And he looks at me in my face and it's like, bro, you just have to come. He's like, listen, we can talk all the ideas that you want. You just have to come and see it firsthand and it'll make more sense to you. They do. So that's, that's the interesting thing. They, the country's, Language is Spanish, but I would say about maybe 70%, 80% of the population is fluent in English. Um, they teach it in schools. It is, It does appear to be kind of a class thing. So most um, upper and middle class people, people in the cities, uh, they definitely speak English fluently. People that don't have a, uh, as well of an education, they may not speak it as well. Wait, is, is Puerto Rico its own country or part of the United States? So, yeah, so that's another misconception. Um, so, yeah, Puerto Rico is part of the United States. It's a commonwealth. And it's actually – it's it has a very interesting political past. So it's a, it's a commonwealth, which means that it gets taxed like a state, um, but it doesn't have the same representation as a state. So um, we get taxed by the federal government, but we're not able to uh, participate in the uh, presidential election. So they're not able to vote for the president, but they have to pay taxes to the president, which is kind of interesting. Whoa, that's crazy, man. 
but but every single Puerto Rican uh, citizen is a citizen of the United States. So if you're born in Puerto Rico, you can just move to Florida and automatically have voting rights and every other right at, uh, of an American citizen. So you didn't um, need a passport to go. You could. That's how everyone could go so fast. Yeah, you don't need a passport to go. And it's actually becoming a, a cryptocurrency haven. Um, they have this new tax law. It's called uh, Section 22. And what that does is that grandfathers if you start a new business in puerto rico it grandfathers you into a four percent tax for the first 20 years that your business is in operation um so all of these newly found uh cryptocurrency millionaires they're moving to puerto rico to start these businesses because they can pull their their money out they're pulling their money out in american currency um they're in a beautiful tropical island right and they're pulling their their money out in american currency and they're grandfathered into this four percent uh, tax for the first 20 years that their business operates. Um, so it's, it's very interesting. The, the opportunities that, that are there in the island. Whoa, that's super unique. Yeah, definitely. Um, we, we won't, we won't talk about it too much because we don't want everyone, like if it becomes too buzzy, <laughs> then, then the loophole gets closed. I was like, I was excited, but I'm like, hold on a second. I don't want to go rant on it. Cause like, we just won't talk about it. We're like, shh. Well, no, it's it's not really a a loophole. It's an incentive. The government is actually um, promoting this. So the the governor of the island is actually attending a big cryptocurrency conference that they're having there to fully endorse this activity. They want to bring money into the economy. Yeah. So traditionally, the economy in the island is based on tourism. So it's kind of like this servitude economy where – it's based on serving the foreigners that come. Um, so me and a few friends of mine, we started this foundation. It's called Vision for PR. And mm-hmm. our vision for PR is threefold. One is to use solar energy to help renew the island. The second is okay. technology and innovation. Um, and then education, right? So how can we create a digital economy right here in Puerto Rico? Puerto Rico is three hours from New York. You don't need a passport to get there. They're on the same time zone as New York. It's the same currency as New York. Um, so there's really like, there's no reason why this can't be, you know, a, a tropical version of like a Silicon Valley where you can have a whole tech ecosystem uh, and have this 4% uh, tax incentive, which I think is pretty dope. So you're you're real big in the philanthropy space, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's part of the reason why why I joined Founders was because, you know, we're trying to do something very similar here in the city of Newark. Um, but yeah, I really feel that technology and entrepreneurship and innovation can transform people's lives and create upward mobility um, for individuals that, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago before the internet wouldn't be able to have that. You know, I grew up, um, you know, like lower middle class. My, my, uh, my family were, you know, uh, immigrated here, like, like, other people's families. And, you know, if it wasn't for technology, you know, who knows where I would be. I was able to uh, learn this skill and basically open up to the global economy and be able to compete with people on a global scale. Whereas, you know, 30 years ago, if you lived in New Jersey, you were stuck in New Jersey. You couldn't do business with anyone that wasn't in, you know, walking distance, right? Oh, yeah. And we're kind of experiencing the connectedness. Like you and I got to grow up through the disconnect and connectedness of the entire world. Yeah, no, definitely. So I, I, I kind of uh, witness it um, both both ends, right? Like the positive and the negative. So mm-hmm. like I have like three, four cell phones. I have an Apple watch. I'm like super connected, right? This techie guy. 
Um, but you know, you get a text message or you get a phone call and there's this, um, switch phone (laughs) that you're supposed to reply instantly. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you reply to someone, even a few hours later, people will ask you, Oh, what happened? Or they'll take it personally. And it's like, I remember when people didn't have cell phones and like you would write a letter or you would, uh, you know, or you would call their house phone. And if they didn't pick up, there was no caller ID. You had to call back, you know? Um, Yeah. (laughs) At school, we had pen pals. We would get letters and like it would, another one would come in a month. You know, yeah, we'd have these conversations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like you would, you would have a phone and you would call someone and you'd leave a message and it was like, has it been two or three days? Should I call them again? <laughs> you know, exactly. And now we have like text messaging with read receipts. So God forbid you, oh. you looked at the message and you didn't reply instantly. It's like I it's, turn it off. Yeah, it's terrible. No, I, it's I, even I turn it on and I let people know I read it. I don't. Oh. Uh, you're trying to you're trying to change the world. I'm trying to change the world. No, it's yeah. It's interesting though, because like as you get busier, right, and as more people are talking to you, it, it's not rude. You build up a queue and you process the queue. You know, like it'll be. I try. My goal is zero inbox every day. Yes. But but it, there will be days where. Well, this is what happens because you know this. You get this problem. I'll get to talk to somebody else about it finally. Okay. (laughs) So what's happening is you get to zero inbox every day, but inevitably there's once or twice a week, there's a thing or two where like you have to leave it on red because you need more information to like get back to it, right? And then sometimes it can be three or four days before that information comes back to you and you get to reply back. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, and that's a big American culture thing. So... I I noticed, you know, even when you go to Puerto Rico or you go to Europe or you go to other countries, they don't have this rat race mentality. Um, there There is a, a more relaxed culture as far as replying to emails, replying to phone calls. People take a two-hour lunch. Uh, people have, you know, a month, two-month vacations. Um, so it, it does feel like a very uh, kind of American thing that these um that were so tied into being constantly connected and constantly productive and there's a difference too there's the people who have stimulation for stimulation's sake and then there are the people who are running so fast they don't even realize they're running because they're just going after their dreams and they're just enjoying it and to them it's just life like they love the speed and they intentionally move fast because they're so ecstatic with what they're doing in their lives and then time just flies by yeah no definitely Um, I mean, I've usually in most situations been in the first category where I'm, I'm doing it out of passion. Um, Mm -hmm. but there is something with the entrepreneurial and the passionate, uh, mentality that you almost don't have an off switch, right? You don't know when to turn it off. So even when you're working on something that you're not passionate about, you can't help but bring that same passion to it. Um, so it's, it's definitely a balancing act. And I mean, you definitely want to be able to, um, to stop and smell the roses sometimes, right? Yeah. So I'm going to, because you're into the nonprofit thing, right? So am I, I'm going to send, I'm a, I'm a president of a foundation. I'm going to send you some of our uh, children's books. I'm going to mail them out to you. Oh, that would be amazing. That that would be so amazing. I, w- I would love to to distribute them and, uh, and check them out. That's awesome. Yeah. We made some, um, one's called back to the moon. It's this little brother and sister who go to the moon in a rocket. Right. And the other is called the princess physicist. It's this princess 
who's stuck in a tower and she finds a book on physics and then uses physics to get herself out instead of a dude coming and saving her. Oh my God. Those are so amazing. I did. I was, I was checking them out right before the show. They're, they're like to encourage STEM in, in young children, right? Yeah, man. So we give them away to like homeless pregnant women and uh, the kids that are in foster care bouncing around without family or parents, you know? And so we just print up, um, my mom died about a year and a half ago and she left me and my brother and my sister $25,000. And we said, well, what do we do with the money? And we don't just want to go spend it on crap. And then we decided to do something cool with it. So I wrote the books, I hired an illustrator, got them printed by the same company that prints Disney's children's books and then formed a 501c3, went through all that with the IRS and then um, ordered the books, got the books through customs. And then they showed up in a pallet in my, at my house. And we just started taking crates of them and going and giving them away to charity, man. I love that. It's so amazing. Yeah. So we'll send you a couple books so you can um, just have them. Just be like, dude, look, this is my, my bro, Joel. Like, <laughs> look at these books, man. You know, it'll be fun. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's so great. That's so great. And it's so important. I mean, it's, it's like you're doing it in a way that um, doesn't feel like work. Right. But, but sparking that, that light for, um, for a love of technology is so important. Yeah. It's like this, it was the same amount of work as creating an entire business, right. Developing a product, ordering the product, like dealing with all the logistics of it. Right. All of that. I don't know. Cause it was like, Tuesday and I was spending our money to do it. Like I was spending the money our mom left me and my brother, and my sister, cause I was taking the lead on it, you know? And, and it was, it was really, really a lot of fun. So yeah, I'll send you a couple of those books. And then when we're out there, right, we're going to get you to come. You're just going to, because I know you now, you can just come hang out with us like behind the scenes and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be so dope. You know what you want to, you want to shoot the flamethrower, dude? I'm, I'm so down. You down oh, for the flamethrower? You have no idea. All right. All right, dude, I'm excited. Jake, <laughs> we got to make a note in the show notes that we got to get Anthony the flamethrower. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, let me know. Yeah. I'll, I, not only the New York one, I might show up for the for the Cali one too, depending. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and then um, we're going to, we're doing this whole, we're putting together all the really cool hype videos and all the cool media and everything right now. And all the, you know, webpage explaining it and all the tour stops and all, you know, it's a lot when you do 16 city tour right so we're putting all of that together and then we're generating like a lot of hype in the next two weeks so that's awesome yeah i I would love to uh to get that out get the word out um i think that's another thing that's super important so like myself personally i started coding like i said like 10 years ago and there was barely a new york tech scene back then like there wasn't a google headquarters in new york there wasn't uh, right. a twitter headquarters or any of the kind of fun silicon alley stuff that's here now and you know going to conferences going to meetups going to hackathons those are experiences that really transformed me and and helped change my life so if i can introduce that to as many young developers as i can um I'd love to. That's what it's all about, man. So if people want to know more about Anthony, what's going on with Anthony and look you up, how do they find you? Uh, so I'm, I'm on social media. You can follow me uh, on Instagram at anthonydelgado.me. You can follow me on YouTube, exact same thing, anthonydelgado.me. Or you can go to my website, which is anthonydelgado.me. So it's anthonydelgado.me. You got it. And if you want to send me an email, it's me at anthonydelgado.me. Way too confusing. (laughs) (laughs) 
are, <laughs> dude, I'm pumped. I'm gonna order some of those cricket proteins where you're like <laughs> a video of us eating or something. I'm gonna see if I can I'm gonna get my not my wife. I actually like her. No, they're delicious. You have to try the birthday cake flavored cookies. They're amazing and they're a complete protein. So they're healthy and they taste uh just like uh a birthday cake. What's their tagline? Like put a spring in your step? <laughs> That's a good one. You might want to copyright that, man. Shop <laughs> it's all it's all yours. It's just <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Modern CTO Podcast. Share this. Get the word out. Thank you guys so much. I couldn't do it without you. I appreciate it. You guys are the absolute best.